Yeah. Al, real quick, before we get too far away from it, when did we become the show of Adele? When did that become something that is just a a regular part of the open of this program? I don't know if I love that. I think it started in June. (laughs) I think it was in June. I I don't know the exact date, but definitely uh, June was a big Adele month for us. I didn't go back and start, you know, binge eating, and I was sad and listening to Adele because I took down a box of M&Ms. It's just a moment of weakness at a football game that I I, I did pretty well the rest of the day. I did very well yesterday. I'm I'm Mm -hmm. fine, I think. I trying to keep telling myself that i'm a personal trainer till 6 p.m at night like my fitness now okay not fitness not fitness your diet my yeah my diet up until 6 p.m once it gets dark everything kind of changes from there Travis. <laughs> you're like a werewolf only instead of the moon it's the darkness and it turns you into a ravenous eating machine i don't I even like close it. the fridge anymore i just leave it open i'm like why pull why go chair. through that next <laughs> Hey, uh, guys, I'm going to be busy for an hour or two. I'm just going to put this little card table right in front of the fridge and start doing work. Uh, I have new lighting system in there. I mean, it's it's just a just a great great a, look, great put a feel. Speaker, a wireless Bluetooth inside the fridge for when when you pull up, so you don't have to play it off your phone. I got a couple games on the actual refrigerator, just sitting on the freezer portion of it. Yeah, just, just <laughs> so, sit next to the fridge. So good. Ah, I'm, I'm not going to tell that story. That's uh, that it would be more gross than funny. So I'm going to hold on to that for maybe another day. Travis Lee is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. If you want to be a part of the show this morning, you can do it on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is back, especially not so much here in L.A., but so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Which kind of brings us to this. And, you know, every once in a while, I know that something's not going to happen, but I would like to at least have the opportunity to discuss why it's not going to happen, why I think it would be a good idea, but it's just not going to happen. And Mike Tomlin stole that from us this morning, Slee. Mike Tomlin just said, hold on a second. We're not even going to start this ridiculous rumor. Okay, let, let me, let's me let kind of set up a little bit the background here. The background is this morning, you know, we're having our conversation. Hey, you know what? These could be some really good Dodger angles. You know what? You know what? Let's let's focus on the Lakers and their upcoming road trip and how they kind of have started the season. <laughs> right. And we also got some good stuff we think potentially on USC. Mm-hmm. So we had the conversation, and uh, I don't. It, it's not like you and I were walking away from the conversation saying to ourselves, "Yep, Mike Tomlin's going to be the new head coach for USC." It was more actually the opposite. And, uh, and let's just say I think Tomlin helped yeah. uh, helped us helped uh, some of our uh, our hunch on <laughs> yes. w- of what we thought. Yeah, it turns out we were right. Yesterday, uh, Carson Palmer, USC legend, Heisman Trophy winner, longtime NFL player, uh, yeah. very very good NFL quarterback, went on Dan Patrick's show and said, "Hey, you know, we're looking at this, we're looking at that, and hey, don't don't sleep on Mike Tomlin." You mm-hmm. know, kind of threw that in there, kind of a little and, wild card there, and you could literally just feel the entire college football world kind of record scratch at them. I'm like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin? That's a thing that people are talking about? And he goes, well, you know, it's a wild card is how he described it. Well, you knew that it, today is the NFL's day to do their press conferences where they talk yep. to the media, and you knew it was just a matter of time until somebody asked Mike Tomlin, hey, uh, are you really interested in that USC job? And rest of the coaches in America, I need you to pay attention. This is how you say I'm not interested in a job. As I don't have time for that speculation. I mean, that's a joke to me. <laughs> um, I got one of the best jobs in, in all of professional sport. 
why would I have any interest in coaching college football? Um, that'll be the last time that I address it. And not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never. Okay? Anybody else got any questions about any college jobs? There's not a booster with a big enough blank check. Mm. Thank you. Anybody asking Sean Payton about that? You know, anybody asking Andy Reid about stuff like that? I can't tell you how much I enjoy that. I can't tell you how much they're – if I played it another time, I'd find something else I like more. But right now, the leader of the clubhouse, Lee, is never say never, but never. Is that clear enough for you? It's so good. What would it have taken you if you were at that press conference <laughs> to ask a follow-up question? Like, what, what if you said, okay, well, you know, obviously the SC thing, maybe that one doesn't make sense. How about LSU? Just kind of <laughs> slide that one in there. Okay, that's really funny. And depending on the coach, it may be not with him. Hell no, not, <laughs> not with, Mike, with Tomlin. Mike Tomlin. That seems like I was a bad uncomfortable. Idea. I felt like I asked the question, and I'm just sitting here, and, and I have nothing to do with anything. I felt like I started sweating. Like, let's move on, guys. Next question. Yeah, just just ask him about Ben Roethlisberger. Ask him about the NF, the AFC North. Ask him about you know his favorite place to eat in Pittsburgh. Ask him about anything, anything other anything. than college football. No, you know what's so funny too, Al? Yeah. That's how you do that. That that whenever you hear another college coach ask James Franklin, Luke Fickle, take your pick, Urban Meyer, a- any of these guys, hey, you interested in that job? The reason we keep asking is because you didn't do that. It's because you didn't say never say never, but never. Don't ask me about this ever again. I'm never leaving. There's not enough money. I have the best job that there is when it comes to coaching football, premier destination. Stop asking me these stupid questions because I'm not coming. That's how you do it. Well, they, there's – he did it because it's genuine that's how he really feels he's not going anywhere that the Pittsburgh Steelers are a fantastic organization that he's coaching in the NFL that he's one I mean there's plenty of reasons why he wouldn't do it I think part of the reason why you got some of these other coaches who are a little bit more walking on eggshells when they're answering that question is because I don't think they're 100 percent sure no I think, they want the job or they or want they more either money want the job or they, they want leverage of yes. you know the current job that they're at so I think Mike Tomlin, it was an easy one for him for many reasons. And I also think that, you know, some of these other coaches that dance around it is because not as 100% sure as, you know, obviously Mike Tomlin is. Can I just say <laughs> that that might be – that that's – we get sometimes – we don't always get this. Sometimes we get some good answers that stick around for a little bit. Is that a stick around? I'll, is it, I'll tell you what's the stick around. Never say never, but, but never. never. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty, pretty good one. And the other part, why don't they ask Andy Reid about this? Why don't they ask Sean Payton? That's why when Tomlin's name got floated yesterday, you're like, wait, huh? Mike mm-hmm. Tomlin has been the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers since 2007. And the, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> you're not talking about Jacksonville. You're <laughs> no. not talking about, like, this is one of the great organizations in not just football, but in sports. I mean, they really are. They're, they're, there's a few pillars to each sport that you look at, and, and obviously Pittsburgh is one of them in the NFL. They've had three head coaches in nearly 50 years. Okay, they went from Chuck Knoll to Bill Cowher to Mike Tomlin. These are the guys that have been there forever. Where's the stability? <laughs> exactly. You're to go take a job that you have no connection to, mm-hmm. that you've never been in. I don't want to say never been to Los Angeles, but there's he was a William and Mary guy. He was born in Virginia. He's been in the Steelers forever and ever. Hey, what about the, huh? What? Why? Why would I go do that? It is such a weird rumor. I mean, and I, I love that it got blown up like that. It's just now, fantastic. Now, the more that you describe it, and I heard everything. 
He could be bluffing. You know, he could be. This could be one of those where he's trying to get a little extra from the to USC get a little boosters. extra scratch, a little extra scratch there from the boosters. How about, how about? By the way, that's not a bad quote either. No, there isn't a big enough check <laughs> from a booster. So good, everything about it. Uh, this is the best, though. This is the best part. Never say never, but never. <laughs> that's pretty darn good. You know who I'd like to hear that from? Who's that? Jeff Fisher. Because his name got floated in that mix yesterday, too. Uh, Brent McMurphy, or excuse me, Brett McMurphy had a tweet. How's his name being floated around? Because he put it in there. Here's here's what uh, Brett tweeted yesterday. Ex-NFL coach and USC alum Jeff Fisher is in the mix for USC's coaching position, sources have told the Action Network. On Monday, former SC quarterback Carson Palmer said candidates include James Franklin, Iowa State's Matt Campbell, Cincinnati's Luke Fickle, and Steelers coach Mike Tomlin. You could probably take that portion out of it. I don't know if you could edit that on Twitter, but uh, might want to just t- take out that last line or so. So – Look, I don't know, but this feels a lot like, hey, uh, would you mind throwing my name in there? Because I did talk to a USC booster. I ran into him at Starbucks, and he was getting the almond scone. And I said that, hey, if anything pops up, you know, give me a call. And he rolled his eyes and said, yeah, sure, Jeff, we'll give you a call. No big deal. No problem at all. But I think I'm in the mix now. What do you think about that? So if that doesn't say, <laughs> hey, I'm in the game here, I don't know what does. Um, by, by the way, how about two – absolutely different individuals like when you heard Mike Tomlin and you heard Jeff Fisher and you think about a head coaching job in college how can you go get these players who's current today who can show you the path and the vision to the NFL who's going to help you day to day that can help motivate you know like you want to talk about two polar opposites I, I don't know Trav I don't know if you have interest in going back to USC, but I think you would be the one that Jeff Fisher would attract, right? Like somebody that Look, if, we, if I reopen my recruitment, I'll, I'll take a listen to USC. Who the hell would he be talking to? Who would he be talking to? You know what I'd like to see from Jeff Fisher? If, if somebody, or I should say, if somebody asked Mike Bone, the athletic director at USC, hey, is Jeff Fisher being considered for the head coaching position? Never say never, but never. <laughs> That's what I'd like to hear. That's what I would like to hear from Mike Bone, but just in, in, in a million years. Never yeah. say never, but never. That's what I want. This is a terrible idea. The other names on that list, not so bad. Sure. You know, you, you look at James Franklin, fine. You look at Luke Fickle, that's looking better and better by the minute. He may end up at LSU. You look at Campbell at uh, Iowa State. There's an opportunity there that he's taken that program from. You know, that's not a, a traditionally strong program. They're pretty good right now. That's sure. an interesting idea. Jeff Fisher, is, A, is an NFL head coach and an NFL person. He spent his entire coaching career as an NFL person, more or less, certainly the last 30 years or give or take. Just because he went to USC doesn't mean he gets to be on the list. It's a terrible idea. You had um, you, you mentioned this earlier. What was it, 22 years coaching yes. in the NFL? Yes. Had seven winning seasons. So Out of 22. He is, he is guaranteed once every three years to get you to the postseason. You he, know, that, that's kind of his slogan. He was the head coach in the NFL for 22 seasons and compiled a record of 173 and 165. So, okay. He had some really good teams and some really bad teams. The Houston slash Tennessee teams, not bad football teams. Pretty much everything after that was pretty bad. How long ago? I mean, just kind of, it's been, it's been so long. And by by the way, just kind of, you know, give the state of where USC football is. And this is just the reality. This is not trying to take a shot or anything like that. Who'd SC play this weekend? Uh, Notre Dame. 
Do you remember what that used to be like? Important. Do you, do you, do you remember what their exciting? There, there used to be a buzz around important every, everything that you're just saying, right? Like none of those come to your head Meaningful. anymore. USC Notre Dame, and it was we didn't have time yesterday to even have a conversation about it because there was no conversation to be had. No, it. it I'm not. I'll tell you the the God's honest truth. Mm-hmm. I went to watch the Dodger game on Saturday night and go to yep. my pizza place with my Dodger hat and my mustache. Yep. And I sit down and I grab a piece of pizza and I pour myself a beer and I'm watching the game. And then out of the TV next to the baseball, there's a football game on. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, why are they rerunning an old USC Notre Dame game tonight? This is a really weird thing to be replaying. And then I realized it wasn't a replay, that it was real, that it was actually taking place in real time. I This is... This is an indictment of me as a talk show host at a certain level. I didn't know USC was playing Notre Dame on Saturday. That's how off the radar USC football has fallen. I knew UCLA was playing Oregon. Sure. I knew game day was College here in game town. Game day was there. Yep. Right. I, I I knew all of that, but USC's program has become so. And it's you know what's interesting, Al? Yeah. If they were worse, it would almost be more interesting. But because they're just so unbelievably mediocre, you don't know if they're going to be good, bad, or somewhere in between. The Notre Dame, them going back to play their arguably their number one rival, didn't even register. Yeah, but I, I don't think that's a. I I hear what you're saying about hey, you know, here I am, I'm a sports talk host in Los no, Angeles. No, no, no. But this is that's the whole point. The whole point is that setup is not supposed to be USC football. That we're not supposed to come in on a Monday after a good solid weekend of football you had NFL games on Sunday obviously you had the Dodgers Lakers are playing SC supposed to be a part of that mix sure. that that's supposed to be a part of the conversation that's supposed to be a big part of the conversation that should be part of our first hour and the reality is it wasn't and you know I, I don't know what it, the other shows did with Mason in Ireland or Sedano and Cap but I'm sure that that wasn't a top line you know conversation as well in any of their other shows that it's not just us this is just the reality of where USC football is and I say that not it almost it's unfortunate because it's such a great brand and to start off the show listening to Mike Tomlin just demolish whatever reporter asked that question is just got to show <laughs> yeah I, I guarantee you they drew straws in the in the in the lobby like look somebody's got to ask him I don't want to do it you do it I'm not doing it I did it last time all right fine I'll do it and and somebody was going to do it it got the response that it is here's the good news yeah if they hire somebody that's not Jeff Fisher if they if they hire somebody that's a really good coach they can be right back in the mix with the World Series game right back in the mix with an NFL game like with the Rams had on Sunday right back in the mix with the Lakers opening their season they shoot right back up to near the top of the list with a season or two of good football it's one of the few things that won't take years and decades to build and 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 structure in a way where people care about this is not the charger build this is not a build that takes decades to get going this is you get good we're back instantly your fans your fans are there your alum are there the power is still there um but it's going to take that's that's why that's why this head coaching gig is such a such an important hire, right? Because the right guy can catapult you and and instantly get you back into the conversation in contention in with a in in specific recruits with the rooms for the Pac-12, all that stuff. The wrong coach, we could be sitting here two, three years from now having the same conversation. All right, so the Dodgers are out. The World Series starts tonight without them, but. Even if the Dodgers have a very weird offseason, there are a ton of reasons to be incredibly optimistic about what's coming back for 2022. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. 
10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Just a random thought. If you had to pick a coach to fight in the NFL, is Mike Tomlin the last pick? Is he pick number 32? I think he probably is, right? I would – I don't even know how to describe it. Like, <laughs> the effort I would go to to not get in a fight with Mike Tomlin. He seems like he'd be willing to fight you, Al. There's some players I would prefer fighting in the NFL than Mike Tomlin that are in their prime right now. There's some players I'd prefer fighting. Yeah, give me, give me Jalen Ramsey instead of Mike Tomlin. That doesn't seem like a Jeez. lot of fun either. <laughs> It wasn't the player I was thinking. There was I mean, another one. Andrew Whitworth. You can't you can't pick like the the, the long snappers. Nobody. I need you got to pick a star. No. I need the kicker. Some of those kickers. The Matt Gay for the Rams. That guy's swole. He will. He'll mess you up. You Why him or Tomlin? <laughs> yeah, probably Matt yeah. Gay. But yeah, I still take, I, I, I take him. It's uh, he's he's a pretty serious guy. That was a, a tremendous press conference. It's time for some straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract. No compromise. Here's the straight talk, Al. I know that the got? Dodgers mm-hmm. have a whole bunch of guys that are free agents, and, and there, there's five big ones, right? There's Scherzer. There's Kershaw. There's Kenley Jansen. There's Chris Taylor, and there is Corey Seager. Those yep. are those are the five big names that are up. Let's just for the sake of argument here, and, and Dodger fans, you should feel good about this. I don't want all five of those guys to leave. We'll get into that in a second. But let's, for the sake of this, say every last one of those players goes somewhere else. Yep. Here's your starting lineup next year, okay, in no particular order. Mookie Betts is in right field. Trey Turner is your shortstop. Will Smith is behind the plate. Cody Bellinger is in center field. Max Muncy's at first base. A.J. Pollock's in left field. Justin Turner's at third. And Gavin Lux is your starting second baseman pretty damn good team and here's your starting rotation walker bueller julio orias dustin may tony gonsolin and you got to go find one more not too bad not too bad your closer by the way oh it's i don't know blake trinan who i don't think has given up a hit in six years that's a pretty darn good team coming back if you lose all five of the guys that are potential free agents i don't think they're going to lose all five so while it's incredibly disappointing while it's incredibly difficult to watch the World Series take place tonight with the Houston Astros and the Atlanta Braves. Dodger fans should feel pretty good about where they are right now, even if all of those guys leave, which they won't. So this is kind of what this front office and this ownership has built. They, they've not built a, hey, we're giving this a one-year World Series run. We're going all in, and we're going to go get Scherzer and Turner. But after after this trade deadline, you know, we're kind of shot everything that we have. We don't have any bullets left. That hasn't been the case for how many years now? Nine years. The mm-hmm. Dodgers have been, um, you know, it, it's it's actually much more uncommon to see what the Dodgers have done. What should happen with the Dodgers if you're other Major League Baseball teams and you lose big players like that is, okay, you start falling back to mediocrity. Maybe you become a 500 team. Maybe now you're, 
just battling to uh, – or, or you're in a complete rebuild mode. Dodgers obviously are not in that position. And I think it's interesting when you mention it that way because I don't know if people have looked at it where you say, let's just say hypothetically you lose every big name that is a question mark this upcoming offseason. You still have a good enough roster to go win the NL West. It, you do. It, yeah. Oh, Al, it, it's much better than that. Think uh, Mookie Betts. All-star MVP caliber. Trey Turner, all-star MVP caliber. Will Smith, all-star. Bellinger has already won an MVP. Max Muncy, all-star. A.J. Pollock, all-star. Justin Turner, all-star. Gavin Lux, the highest-regarded minor league player in all of baseball a few years ago. This isn't just a team that might compete. It's the best team in the league on paper. So I I think – let's put it this way. If the scenario played out that you just mentioned, I think we both agree they're not going to go – Every one of these guys that we just mentioned are not going to just sign with another squad. And then the Dodgers are also not going to go make any moves. They, they have not given any indication that that's what they're going to do because they haven't done that over the last nine years. But you have every other squad in Major League Baseball hoping that's the scenario because <laughs> if there's one thing that the Dodgers have had, even you know walking into the playoffs, this guy got injured. That guy got injured. This player can't go. There was always somebody else to kind of step up, and their depth has been really the difference between them and every other team out there. Not only do they have so many talented players, not only do they have so many talented pitchers, not only do they have so many guys that can kind of fill in different plugs and play different roles, their depth has been the difference. Well, think about this. They didn't get knocked out until the sixth game of the National League Championship Series, which is, you know, it's not what they wanted, but that's pretty impressive. And then you think about this. They did that. They got that far with Dustin May, who was going to be a big part of what they did, going down in the first, I think it was the second week of the season. He missed the entire year. You had Trevor Bauer placed on administrative leave for essentially two-thirds of the year. Okay, so two of your five guys within the first month or two of the season, they're gone, and they're gone for good. They're not coming back. Your other guy... Clayton Kershaw misses a big chunk of the regular season and then it's gone for the entire postseason. Two separate injuries. Yep. Right, two separate injuries. Then you start just getting the attrition of normal stuff. Mookie Betts misses a bunch of time. Corey Seager misses a bunch of time. You lose uh, Muncy and Turner. for the that They got as far as they did is wild. They also, with all of this stuff happening, they still won 106 games. And that speaks to the, the depth that you're talking about. And the vast majority of these guys are going to be back. And here's, here's another silver lining. I want Chris Taylor to come back. I think he's a very, very, very good player and even better than the back of his baseball card would indicate. It's because he can do so many different things, play so yeah. many different players. He's experienced. It's not just, oh, he hits 275 and blah, blah, blah. It's all of the other stuff that's just as important. But somebody's going to pay him. So Somebody's going to say, hey, you want to be our everyday shortstop? Come here. We're going to pay you, what, I don't know what the numbers are, $18 million a year. He's going to get a deal like that from somebody. So he may leave. The good news is, the Dodgers have made their bones on finding that guy, on finding Max Muncy, on finding Chris Taylor, on finding the guy that the other teams say, you know what, I don't think so. This just isn't working out. And bringing him over, or a guy like Blake Trinan, who was really good in Oakland, and then all of a sudden he gets hurt and he's scuffing a little bit, saying, no, 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 bring him in here. There's still a lot of baseball left there. We can get back what he had in Oakland and use it here. They're able never to go buy a Max Scherzer or a Trey Turner. That's one thing. To go trade for Mookie Betts and give him $400 million, they're one of the only teams that can do that. Anybody could have done Muncie or Taylor. They're really good at that part, too. It's funny when you say it that way when they say they're able to take players that maybe are not having success somewhere else. Let me go a step further. Let me kind of give this an example of 
let's look at a let's look at the Dodgers, and this is ultimately what they are. They are a corporation, mm-hmm. right? They are a business, and um, well-run businesses know how to grab somebody that's in an environment that maybe you're not getting the best out of that person, or maybe the environment's just not good. It's a toxic environment. They're, um, you know what? They're cutting corners. They're not um, taking care of their employees. The Dodgers run their corporation, and I use these players as an example. They're employees. Mm-hmm. They come in, and all of a sudden, um, what do you mean I can have every resource I need to succeed? What do you mean that I have um, players around me or employees around me that are also uh, – they have my best interests as well? Like that, that, That's one of the things the Dodgers, if you look at just Major League Baseball as a whole, you know the squads that don't know what the hell they're doing, and you know the squads that just – they just know how to run their business better. They understand what's important, what the priorities are. Because I think the Chris Taylor and the Muncie, you know, the, those two pieces that you bring up, it's not uncommon for the Dodgers to go out and say, you're not working there, but you're going to work with us. Mm-hmm. And then that person can leave the Dodgers organization, and maybe it doesn't work again for that individual. I, I don't think that's uncommon, but that's more of a compliment to the front office than it is to anybody else because they are a – quote-unquote, well-run corporation. All right, Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw, Kenley Jansen, Chris Taylor, and Corey Seager are all unrestricted free agents. Who do you prioritize? Alan, I'll give you our answers. That's next. It's Travis and Slee. We want your calls too, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. It's all next on Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Did you guys reconcile yet? Are you uh, are you in the process of trying to work things out? or what, what, What's the she latest? She said, don't call me, I'll call you. <laughs> Which is usually a really good sign. Yeah, that means everything's working out great. Yeah, I don't think I can do that. I'll let you know when I'm available. That's uh, that's how you know they're they're super into it. It was look if it if it makes you feel that's any what, better, that's Al. What Tomlin, that's what Tomlin told Mike Bone. <laughs> never say never, but never. <laughs> it's one of my favorite cuts in quite some time. I've had a lot of favorite things in a while, namely you dancing on the yeah. jumbo screen at SoFi. So good. Dude, what what are we calling that? The sprinkler? What what yeah, is that? Have a name? What is this? Sprinkler action. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> Why are you so disinterested in talking about this? Come on, lean into it. Embrace um, your dance moves in front of 75,000 sure. people. No, I'm all over it. I'm just super, so much confidence in it. <laughs> it's pretty great along the way. All right, 
710 ESPN. That's the uh, Dr. Pepper call line. We're talking a little bit about what the Dodgers should do. So Scherzer, Kershaw, Jansen, Taylor, and Seager. Those are the five guys that are gone. Slee, if you had to say yeah. you got to pick one guy, mm-hmm. the other four are leaving, but you can pick any of these five guys to bring back. Which of the five are you bringing back? So let, let me throw this out there, and, and we'll throw this to Dodger fans as well. 877-710-ESPN. You prioritize one of these players. Who are you prioritizing? So this is what's difficult for me. There's two guys that I'm trying to pick between, and I'm trying to prioritize which of these two players makes more sense, not just next season but long term. Okay. It, it, to me, it's coming down between – um, between Kershaw and Corey Seager. Okay. And I'm I'm trying to figure out in my head, Kershaw is Kershaw, right? So he's got this, um, he's got this, well, you got to bring Kershaw back, right? Kershaw has to, uh, he's got the opportunity where you're not depending on him night in, night out. He'll be probably the fourth best pitcher on your roster, fourth best pitcher on your team, mm-hmm. which is great. I mean, that's... If he's you know, your the, fourth best pitcher, you got a pretty good rotation. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So... I think the Kershaw piece, the thing that's going to weigh in is, okay, well, how many more years will Kershaw be effective for the Los Angeles Dodgers? And, oh, by the way, how much are you going to pay him? What What is it going to take for you to keep Kershaw there? Is, yeah. is the fourth best pitcher on your roster worth $25 million a year? I think that's a fair question, trying to kind of figure out that portion. Because if they don't pay him, <laughs> somebody else is going to give him some of those dollars, whether it's in Texas or, or somewhere else. The Seager piece, I'm just going to kind of compare the two. Corey Seager, Corey Seager's 27 years old. Corey Seager is going to be a great baseball player Already for is. a handful, as in it's going to continue mm, for the mm, next five, yeah. seven years or whatever the case is, right? The question that you have, and I always, I always never understood this, and I just kind of sat there and I listened to it. When Trey Turner came as part of that deal, all I heard people saying, I thought it was incredibly disrespectful. Maybe there's a reality to this. It was, oh, well, Trey Turner's going to replace Corey Seager. It's like, well, it, we're talking Corey Seager here. It's like, we're not talking about just some random dude that hasn't done anything. It wasn't hasn't Jose Offerman. Anything. It wasn't Dave Anderson. <laughs> some of the old great Dodger greats. So this is what it comes down to. Do you want to give your money to uh, – Trey Turner obviously proved, yes, if you need me to play second, I'm going to play second. Now, this will be the final year of his year, so mm-hmm. maybe you're choosing between the two because if you keep Corey Seager, may, maybe Trey Turner saying in a year, well, I'm going to go sign somewhere else and I'm going to be an everyday shortstop somewhere else. I, I think, Trav, if I kind of weigh all of this, I think Corey Seager, if I put a motion out of it, I take out you know some of the other pieces that falls into this, and I'm thinking big picture for the Dodgers, I think Corey Seager would be my answer. I, I don't think that's a bad answer at all. I think the guy that's the hardest to replace, as weird as this sounds, and not that you, is Chris Taylor. Mm-hmm. It, it, because he's not, you're not replacing a center fielder. You're not replacing a left fielder. You're not replacing a shortstop. You're not replacing uh, a third baseman. You're not replacing a guy who can bat first or the guy that can hit in the three hole or a guy can hit the bottom of the order Somebody in seventy nine. He's all of those things. Yeah, yeah. You, you'd need five guys to replace all the things that Chris Taylor. He's not the best player on this list, not by a mile, but he's the most useful, arguably. He's he's the most difficult one to replace. Look. I want to go back to something you said about Kershaw before we go to the phones. 877-710-ESPN. If you're there, stay there. We're going to get to it in just a second. $25 million for the fourth best pitcher on your roster is a terrible idea unless it's Clayton Kershaw. <laughs> right, on, is that on, funny? On sure. the Dodgers. Sure. Right? If I'm the Angels, 
I, I, I'm not doing that. I'm not buying the the worst part of Clayton Kershaw's career at high dollars at the very end. If I'm the Texas Rangers, I'm not doing it, even if he is a hometown and they probably guy. Will do and it, they might, yes, and they yep. might. But for the Dodgers to give him a little bit more than he probably has earned, just statistically speaking, because of who he is and what he's done, I'm 100 percent okay with that. I, I think it's, I think it's not only a smart thing to do; I think it's the right thing to do. Let's try a phone call here, Doctor Pepper. Call in line. Let's go to Studio City and Noah. Noah, you're on with Travis Lee. What's up, Noah? Hey, guys. Good to be here, as always. Uh, uh, I think, for me, this is uh, it's a no-brainer. It's Chris Taylor. Like you said, Trav, he is, I would argue, that he is the best, most versatile player in baseball. And when you're talking about, like, you know, our farm, t- our farm system and how guys come up and they emerge, you kind of saw that with Kike. Like you could see over the years, he's like, "Oh, he's getting a little better. He might, he might break into the rotation." Da, da, da. And then he kind of really emerged, and we let him go. And Taylor's been kind of the same way over the last couple of years. You could see flashes, but this season he clearly put it all together. And I would say that he's not. You kind of you said like you know he's not the best guy in this group by a mile. I don't think it's by a mile. I mean, if you watch him in left field. I mean, he was standing on his head. There was not a ball hit out there that he didn't snag. And I just feel like, you know, if you really look at the numbers and you want to play sabermetrics, you know, 10 games this year. I love playing Kershaw. The guy is an absolute warrior. He's been an amazing face for this franchise for a decade plus now. But like you said, if he's going to be your fourth guy – you got to pay him fourth guy money because if we let him go, we can find another starter who's going to get you 10 wins. And like over the last three seasons, it seems like he's just injured too much. Yeah, no, I, I think you bring down. up some really good points. No, I want I want to respond to some of this stuff. Thank you. It, he does get hurt a lot, and and you're right. You could probably recreate some of Clayton Kershaw's statistical value with a different person or a collection of different guys. You're right. This isn't any other guy. This is Clayton Kershaw. He deserves special consideration. I wouldn't say that about a lot of guys. In fact, I don't know if I've ever said that about another guy. I'm a big believer in better a year too soon than a year too late. I believe that to be true. This is the exception that proves the rule. You need to do right by this guy. If he wants to stay, and by the way, I think there's a very good chance that he does. Let's Clayton that Kershaw, he does want to stay? Yeah, he's, he's made over $200 million, right? Mm-hmm. If you're saying you can go make an extra, I'm not talking total, but you can go make an extra $20 million. I get it, it's $20 million. But you're going to go pitch on a team that's going to finish in third or fourth or fifth place? Okay. Or you can stay here, make slightly less money, and you can pitch on a team that almost certainly will be contending for the playoffs. And, and Clayton Kershaw, from the moment he's been in the major leagues, the Dodgers have been good, not sure. just kind of good, really yeah. good. To go away from that, that's all he knows. Why would I want to go pitch for the Rangers and finish with 78 wins? That doesn't sound like any fun. By the way, that's also an interesting conversation because, uh, Travis, if you polled Dodger fans, okay, are you overpaying for Clayton Kershaw? When I say overpaying, just like you said, he's the fourth. If he's fourth in the rotation, if you're giving him anything, twenty million, you're overpaying, right? Because most pitchers aren't going to get that type of money. Right? Do Dodger fans? Is it a no-brainer to them? Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to sign this guy to a two, three-year deal, and you're going to overpay him. That's okay because he's going to be kind of. Um, he's not going to be dependent on on a night at night out basis. Um, but he's Clayton Kershaw, or are there also Dodger fans that say, 
what more do you want? It's been an unbelievable relationship. It's been a, you know, it, it's been one of those marriages where it's everything has gone it's been rocky, it's been great, but you won a World Series together, kind of the ups and the downs. It's okay to also separate at this point and let him go, it, it, you know, obviously whether it's in, in Texas or anything like that. Because I, I think I think if you're Clayton Kershaw, I think what you just described of why would you go anywhere else and I don't think the money will be the difference, I got to imagine that's what Clayton Kershaw's thinking as well. And I just say that because – he's competitive, he wants to win, it's a great environment, he's obviously built an unbelievable career here in L.A. It's, I think it's more if, if Dodger fans think that that's, that's the best use of money of helping you win a World Series. I think that's a, that's a curious question. What there. do you think, Dodger fans? 877-710-ESPN. One more time, 877-710-3776. we got a Laker conversation. Uh, why is LeBron James putting up so many threes? That's coming up at 1055, but next... It's Bunch of Funch. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. So before we get to Bunch of Funch, there's a, a little bit of breaking news here, Al. I walked down to get a, a coffee during the break, and okay. I see our boss, Amanda. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, now that your mustache is gone, I think I, think I like you better with it. This is this is the dilemma that I'm li- I'm living with. Like, there's people are, are telling me I need to go back to the handlebar mustache. I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. I told you this... Uh... I think I told you this yesterday. I said, you know, you, you kind of um, – I lost respect for you. And I don't know how else to put it. There's for certain, a variety of reasons. Well, I'd actually, this one just on the mustache situation, I thought you had – you know, you just I, – I found myself nodding my head, maybe making some space if we're both walking down the hallway together, um, waiting for you to get water before I, I'll go second – since then, I'm like, yeah, it's just a regular dude now. People just are far more dude. willing to shove me out of the way at Starbucks than they were than when I had the mustache. The mustache is just kind of the great front of the line maker. I'll just, I'll just go up here. Nobody's going to stop. Much you less you intimidating. Much less intimidating. What do you got, yeah. Fudge? All right, guys. So with uh, less than a week away from Halloween, we, this is a all Halloween edition of the Funch a Bunch. Nice. Okay. Okay. All right, guys. So last week on our show, text chain, Emily texted out a pumpkin spice goat cheese. You guys remember that? I do, unfortunately. <laughs> and that's where I drew the line with this pumpkin spice products <laughs> usually when a fall hits we get a crazy influx of pumpkin spice products from the coffee at starbucks to the candies but weirder products like you know pumpkin spice dog food because <laughs> yeah, your spice. dog <laughs> is in a mood for false pumpkin. fall <laughs> flavored <laughs> items <laughs> pumpkin spice greek yogurt and my favorite i saw pumpkin spice salsa Oh yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, that's gotta. They need I've to take that off the shelves. I've seen pasta sauce too, like pumpkin spice yeah. pasta, pasta sauce. Pasta right, sauce so and sauce. It sounds I'm gonna, awful. I'm gonna throw this question out to Travis, the foodie of our show. Give yes. me your feelings on pumpkin spice products at this time of the year. Is it too much? Look, if you like them, that's fine. You go ahead and do you. I don't like pumpkin spice anything, so I'm not your man. But when we get into really weird things like pumpkin spice goat cheese, pumpkin spice salsa, pumpkin spice, what'd you say, Emily? Pumpkin pasta sp- sauce, donuts. That, you ever had? Pumpkin Pumpkin spice that, donuts. That kind of, at least that's kind of cinnamony right. and nutmeg Same world. That's kind same of the world. same universe, yeah. I guess. But goat cheese is good because it's tangy, it's cream. I don't need any pumpkins. Keep in mind, when we talk about pumpkin, everybody gets very excited about, oh, it's it's Halloween, it's fall, it's Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It's squash. Okay, do you want a squash-flavored cheese? Do you want a squash-flavored salsa? It's yeah, terrible. It's, it's it's mushy. It's slimy. It's brown. It's just awful. The hard pass. You, you know what you would probably hate in this? They have the pumpkin spice like pancake waffle mix. Mm. 
and then there's has cinnamon in there. No, yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> By the way, I love how people on Twitter are just coming with cinnamon now. Like they now know that's your thing. It's my kryptonite. I'm getting. Really I'm like, is. why am I getting tweets tagged on a cinnamon recipe? So every once in a while, I go to a brunch or whatever, and somebody will have like cinnamon rolls. Oh, you got to try like these. A, I'm like, no, like no, a thank brunch you. Of fudge. No, no, you you need to you need to try one of these. No, 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 thank you. It's really not my thing. No, Trav, you really need. To, no, I don't want to eat your cinnamon rolls. Stop forcing them on Travis, me. Travis, you really just need to stay far away from Trader Joe's right now. So I, I <laughs> oh, yeah. not a problem. That is <laughs> that is just pumpkin the, spice the, central. There yes. is a cinnamon brooms all outside. Brooms? Of, so like you, it's like essentially a broom. Like to which, sweep your floor? Yeah. But like it's outside of every Trader Joe's. And so all you smell when you walk into Trader Joe's is just cinnamon right off the bat. Okay. I also, can I, can I, say, can I say one thing? I'm not a huge pumpkin spice. I don't mind it, but I'm not going out of my way. Pumpkin spice creamer. You ever thrown that a little bit in a little cup of coffee there? No. Not bad. All you, man. The, the weirdest bad. thing I've seen also is pumpkin spice deodorant. <laughs> Stop. That doesn't exist. It no, does no, exist. Look no, it no, that's a gag gift. Oh. That's like one of those things that, you nope. know, like the bacon I wear it every October. Be- <laughs> Fudges and I wear it every October. The Onion probably tweeted that out. That's probably yeah, that, can, that can't be true. That can't be true. All right, guys. You know, during Halloween, most people that are not me like to watch scary movies. I'm not one of those people at all. I like to watch a good rom com, preferably with like Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson. Or Big something Sleepless like in Seattle guy. Something punch. like that. Something like that. <laughs> but you know, there's a lot of people that like those scary movies, not me. Uh, and I think are you the, not you don't, Funch, you don't like scary movies at all? At all. At all. Oh, man. No, those are good. Well, I think the most scariest movies for me was the Blair Witch Project. Remember that, that one that came that out was, like 20 yeah. years ago or so? Bro, and that I, is funny. That that I don't know why. Maybe just, you know, the way they actually um, filmed the movie, it yeah. made it look just so authentic. I'm with you, Funch. That one stuck with me for like 30 days. I'm like, ah, oh, just not going outside. <laughs> so with that question outside. in mind, see, well, what's the scariest movie to you? <laughs> um, okay, I got a couple. You know which one scared the hell out of me when it came out? Remember Ring? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. That was a little demented. That scared the hell out of me. Poltergeist is still an all-time, like, if that – if that movie is on, I still don't watch I, TV at night by myself. By by the way, if that movie is on like at night or whatever, I just turn off the TV. I'm like, no, I'll just go to bed. I, I don't even want <laughs> it to be. Not static on TV anymore though. So I think I, that's yeah, that's a issue. thing of the '80s, '70s, and '80s where after midnight your TV would just go to snow or the color bars. <laughs> they don't have that anymore. Which one? What's another one that was? Sixth Sense was pretty good. It wasn't that scary, but it would kind of you know got a twist couple, at the end. Couple jump moments. What's uh what's one for you, Trev? Well, for me, see, like the 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 Jasons and the Freddy Kruegers and all that stuff. That doesn't that's that's somebody's imagination. That comes. Serial killers are real. They exist. They're yeah, out there. It yep. happens. So yeah. when you see something like Hannibal Lecter, Silence of the Lambs, mm. that's not a super big stretch where some demented psycho yeah. is eating people. Jeffrey Dahmer is a real person. So when you get a movie that's about something that's kind of quasi-real, like Silence of the Lambs, those are the ones that really oh, give me another, another scary movie for me Texas, was Saw. Texas Chainsaw. Oh, Saw was awful. Well, Saw, Saw was just, awful. Saw, look, Saw's awful, but it's I can't gross. do it. It's, I, I can't I, do it. It's the idea... Saw's not really, I hope, not really happening somewhere. The one, there, the one, there are there are serial killers. Like Richard Ramirez is a real guy, or was. <laughs> That's the scary part. I have one that got me when I was a kid was the first time I watched Halloween was they, 
<laughs> Michael Myers hides in a laundry, like a, a dryer. And so forever, I was so scared of going to the laundry by myself when I was young. Because I watched this when I was like 10 years old. And yeah, no, that, that scared the hell out of me. He, wait, he was in the dryer? I don't remember yeah, that in the part. Dryer. Yeah, he was yeah, in the dryer they, and he comes well, out and he kills somebody. Done they put Tide in, in the dryer. Yeah, they put Tide in there. It was all, it was just ugly. It yeah, wait, got you try ugly. to kill him with Bounce and Downey and... Uh, <laughs> Whatever else you throw in there. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Shining. Oh, there's Shining's some weird because people go crazy and chop up their families. That that actually happens. That's scary. I yes. actually, when I was in Colorado, I went to that hotel and it's modeled really? after too. So I am into scary movies, but uh, some some get too too close to home. Exorcist. Yeah, let's, let's stop. Let's you change. You guys the topic. are crazy. Let's change the topic. You guys. All right, now we all have our favorite candy to eat during the Halloween season. Mine are practically anything with chocolate. With Snick, you know, Snickers, M and M peanuts, like you were eating yesterday, and you didn't save any for me, Travis. Right, Thank you. Sunday, and also Reese's peanut butter cups are, are at good. the top of the list for me. And the worst, I know you guys did the worst last week, but I can't do candy corn or licorice at one bit. Not even I, black licorice. Oh come on, that's dude. the best kind. No, that's the worst kind. Oh no, yeah, that's definitely the worst kind. <laughs> All right, Travis, like give me your top three Halloween candies: almond joy, uh, York Ooh, peppermint patties, and good mounds. Work on the almond joy, yeah, I love. I love coconut, so anything that's got that, and I'm a dark chocolate guy, so that's both Mounds and York Peppermint Patties. So all the things that your kids throw away, send them to me. I'll eat them. I'm going. Uh, I got some underdogs here. These are some, you know, some guys that don't make other teams roster. Uh, Mr. Goodbar, very underrated. Oh, that's a good oh, one. Underrated. You're not, okay. you're not wrong about that. Okay, Baby Ruth, very Ooh, underrated sure. too. That's a good one as well. And then uh, let me throw in some Twizzlers in there. I might be the only one that likes Twizzlers. Just eat a candle. <laughs> just Kit Kat get a red candle and, and call it a Twizzler. I love Kit Kats. No, no. It's, it's flavored thing. plastic. That's yeah. what Twizzlers are. And I'm like, yeah, I would like more of that. All right. So the Lakers, Al, have their fourth game of the season. And there are, uh, would that be 78 after that if I'm keeping track? But yes. there's a little juice in this one tonight. Even though they're playing against a team that's not particularly good. A little juice in this one coming up tonight. We'll get into that next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.